Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. District of Conservation is sponsored by Real Camo Girl, a lifestyle brand for women who love the great outdoors, spanning from hunting, fishing, foraging, archery, shooting sports, and the like. We are proud to have them as a sponsor, and you can learn more about them at www.realcamelgirl.com and follow them all across social media to learn more and get involved. Welcome to another installment of District of Conservation. If you are coming from the Lone Conservative Podcast, welcome. I expect a lot of new listeners from my appearance there yesterday so welcome i hope you find the content to be informative we are lucky to have my dad join us again due to popular demand partly because people were curious to hear more about his experiences and also because we were having some technical difficulties so my dad is back again for a shorter installment in what we're going to call part two with my dad boris hoffman here at district of conservation here he is again enjoy Dad, thank you again for joining the podcast for part two. You're welcome. A lot of things have been happening in the news, we know in politics, but a lot also happens when it relates to hunting, fishing, and guns. And so I told you a little while ago, and I I keep you up to speed about what happens not only in our legislature, but also in Maryland's legislature, but I told you that they wanted to try to ban long guns, which are shotguns and hunting rifles. And there was one guy who said, we have to dox gun rights supporters. How does that make you feel about living in Virginia? Well, it, 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 it's, a, it's a great feeling because it, it sounds like Maryland uh, starts baby steps on the way to abandon Second Amendment. That's what we're, to, we're going to confiscate all guns if nobody's going to do anything. We're going to do what communists and socialists and all tyrants do. We're going to take our guns away. And in that case, America is going to be gone. Only thing what actually keeps America free is the Second Amendment. And the first, somewhat. And the first one, too, somewhat. Mm-hmm. But we are afraid of guns, because people who talk about how dangerous guns are, how evil it is, never had a gun, never shot a gun, never touched a gun. And likely have dangerous impulses, too. And, and they are mentally unstable, so I understand why, they want to, why don't they want to have guns. Oh, I perfectly understand that. There is a fear associated with it, which is why they want to project their fears onto the masses. And it's sad because we've talked a long time about how Maryland is such a beautiful state, but the policies really are engulfing it. It's a, there's a lot of hunting heritage. There's great trout fishing, which we're hoping to explore at some point. There's great hunting with sika deer and black bear and white-tailed deer and everything. And those poor people have to live in that crazy system, independent of the somewhat okay governor. He's not perfect, but he, he's better compared to the state legislature. But why, why do you think Maryland allowed that to happen in terms of allowing their hunting and fishing and gun opportunities 
to be limited, you think? Well, because, you know, they couldn't get rid of a tradition right away. So sure. we're, we're doing it slow. It's like, you know, there is an old saying, when the water drips on the stone for hundreds of years, it finally breaks it. So we're doing it very easily, as usually we do. We found reasons, and, and that this and that, and we want people to get used to that. It's, it's a propaganda, because if you tell somebody, listen, I'm going to take your gun away now, they're going to start shooting at you, because oh, nobody's going to, the people, because right. nobody's going to allow you to take my gun. I bought it, I, it's mine, I'm going hunting with it, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, it's my private property. So uh, we're doing baby steps, we're explaining that and this, but actually what we're doing and I've been here long enough to know what we're doing. Years now. 33. So what we're doing, we're equating criminals with people who legally buy guns, people who are law-abiding citizens. That's what we're doing. Like we're equating illegal immigrants with immigrants like me and your mom who came here legally. Right. That's what we're doing. So, and if you lie to people for. But at least for 33 years, I hear it, we lie, and we probably be lying a lot, a lot longer. If nobody says anything, nobody explains anything, what do you think people are going to do? They're going to believe that law? We talked about also the media's reaction to the hiker in Colorado, Travis Kaufman, who fended off an attack by a mountain lion, a mountain lion cub that was approximately 35 to 40 pounds. And a lot of people were rooting for the guy after the fact, to have died because they didn't like that he killed an innocent kitten. Did you recall this type of reporting when it came to wildlife when we look back in California or any time in, in the United States? It, it, what, what do you, why are people misrepresenting and downplaying the dangers of wildlife? I, I don't think in, even in California we had anything like that. Remember in the Whiting Canyon, yeah. it, which was probably 20 minutes away from our home, mm -hmm. a couple bi bicyclists were attacked by mountain lions, and I think mm -hmm. one of them was killed, and now one woman survived. And I don't believe anybody was rooting for mountain lions. Well, this is. It doesn't make any difference, grown or not. You know, it's like it's like you know saying, well, this alligator is seven feet only. Or six, so it's not going to bite you. Well, yeah. Well, what do you prefer, to have a seven-foot alligator or a ten-foot or twelve-foot alligator? You don't want any of it to be next by you. But even the bite of a young cat like that... Absolutely. You know, if look, let's not talk. forget about the, the, the young cat. Uh, look at the dog. Any type of a dog, even a small one, will bite you, it, it hurts. But, but if you have, like, a large dog, let's say... If, if for some reason we are Doberman Pinscher or some other type of a dog is angry or like a Rottweiler, we're angry, people raise them angry, they bite you, it hurts. So imagine that cat and that uh, the cat is a cat and that's what they do, they hunt to eat. And I remember reading about Peter saying that at the end of the whole thing it's sad and that and this, but don't forget that was the cat's land. It was the... Yeah, that's what he lived. That's what he lived. I, I never heard of wild animals having stakes in their private land. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, getting, it's getting really funny. If, if, if it wouldn't be very sad, it would be very funny. It's called the Disneyfication of wildlife, as one of my friends. I, 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 I think we have a phenomenon of, mental, of mass mental disease in this country. Because uh, look what's going on. Anything you touch... They're trying to change everything each one day. Each one day is a, is a new word, a new ideas, and, and all these ideas are lunacy.
Yeah, and, and it doesn't help that they distort how aggressive animals are. It doesn't mean if you want to, if you want the hiker to survive or the runner in this case to survive, that it means you want to get rid of all these wild creatures. We like seeing. Absolutely. We used to, I remember when in elementary school we had to have school closed down because bobcats and mountain lions would come through the school, and and we had a mountain lion in high school. Remember, there was a whole story yep. about a mountain lion who came through the Cota de Casa golf course, and I think it had to be euthanized. I don't know if it was killed or. They killed it. They killed it because people were afraid. They shouldn't have killed it. They should have. It didn't attack anybody. They should have just probably uh, sh- shoot a dart and put it to sleep, and you know, and and let it take it somewhere else. Yeah. You know. Actually, speaking of big cats, I also want to segue into this. You saw the story over the weekend of the woman who tried to take a selfie of a jaguar. Yeah, absolutely. And it was actually really good that they did not put down the jaguar. It didn't do anything. This woman, stupid woman. Uh, she is not very stupid. Actually, she apologized for breaking the rules. This is very unusual. She yeah. apologized and said she re- she takes a full responsibility. You know, that's actually very new because usually when something happens, talking about Chicago events, our events, people break the law or make things up and they never actually admit that responsibility or not, never take any responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So she is actually probably realized. She almost got mauled to death, of course. Well, you know, we, we live in a, in a uh, times of selfies and self-exploitation. Mm-hmm. But I guess she is old enough or young enough to, uh, to understand that this is, she shouldn't be in there. That's why we have barriers, barrier one, barrier two, and, and, and everybody knows you don't get close to a cage or that uh, fence. You don't. There are signs. If you go to any zoological society or zoo... You know, it reminds me of that uh, sad story about two, two people who went to Alaska and camped uh, along the grizzly bear pair, and, and unfortunately, after a month, nobody heard from them. They went out there and checked it out, and apparently we were eaten by grizzly bears. That's a good lesson. Don't play with them. They're not Baloo from Mowgli. They're not. They're wild anyway. <laughs> no. We don't dance and sing. Again, the Disneyfication of wildlife, where everyone thinks they're cute well, and cuddly. Actually, it's not. It's a damning the public. People don't uh, want to learn anything. They don't have any skills. They just want to fly like butterflies through life and just and, and they disappear like butterflies. They don't leave any footprint behind them. Nobody will remember these people, I think. But also, it's important. I think if people watch, let's say, educational programs on Nat Geo or BBC America, you at least see the reality of how cruel life is in the animal kingdom, how these animals prey on each other within their species and outside the species, too. And that's more accurate than saying that a poor mountain lion kitten was killed by a guy, and he managed to survive. But I, I think those educational programs, they, they're not perfect. They have some agenda. No, no, they're Generally pretty speaking, good. they're pretty good. We right? love them. It's an excellent cinematography, and we have narrators who understand the, the whole thing, and they explain what's going on, and it's very actually educating. It's a, a, a very good stuff, and it gives people 
an idea, especially if it's, we show some kind of origins of our world where we can go, or you couldn't go right away. You could see Africa, you could see Indonesia, you could see anything you want, Antarctica, Antarctica. So it gives people an ability to learn, at, le at least visually learn and hear what's going on, and they can see uh, animals in, in a rare situations. You couldn't probably see them the way... I don't think if you go to Africa, you, you just uh, stamp on that uh, lion or, or, or cheetah somewhere in a bush. You don't, because they're not going to come out. You know, you, you have to find them. And these videographers, they do an excellent work, job. They, they film it beautifully. However, if socialism were to ever arise in this country, and it's looking sadly more increasingly the case, we wouldn't be able to have these programs. I don't know about arising. It, it's it's a big talk, but especially for things that we enjoy, nature. But but they they are creeping in. It's definitely they are creeping in. And we wouldn't be able to enjoy the things. That's that's what we want. We want that beautiful, compassionate gulag for us, when everybody is treated well and they work and they give them some some bread which usually, according to my late father-in-law, that bread was mixed 50%, 50-50% with sawdust. It was great. I mean, people don't understand what we're asking for. Because these people are not kidding. And adults in the room, by the way, are quiet. The lunatic, young lunatics are speaking out and talking nonsense, but people who are mature and you would think being being wealthy, like Nancy Pelosi, worth about 150 million bucks, and she'd been here all her life, she knows what is what, and she's quiet about this nonsense about green stuff and bad stuff, and it's it just ridiculous. So speaking of the Green New Deal, there was a segment recently, last night, about uh, the, the former Greenpeace founder, who a lot of people in the radical environmentalist sectors dismiss, but he had noted that actually the not only would the means of production go away, but a lot of these delicious organic food that people enjoy, that the farmers harvest and then later ship to metropolitan cities, because nothing is really produced in the cities, that would also be wiped away in addition to 90-some-odd percent of the energy sources in this country. And they keep talking about this deal and what it will do for the environment. And we talked about this briefly in the last episode, but... You have, working in construction, I don't know if people heard it clearly, but you could reiterate a little bit of what you talked about, but you working in construction, having to deal with all this kind of stuff, but also having seen what farming in this country looks like and, and what would happen with people's food sources, you kind of know a little bit of, of that. So speak, speak to... to uh, I, I, I think, I, think I know which uh, group of society, which community, as they call them now, I think real estate community is going to benefit a hell of a lot out of a green deal. Only thing is, we have to start staking out mountainous regions of the world, so we can, so we can sell caves to us, because <laughs> that's what's going to be. We're going to go back to the caves. Uh, the, the problem is, the whole thing is, most people don't understand one simple thing. We never hear with lunatics talk about implementing it in other countries. The target is the United States, because behind that whole accusations and blame is very simple philosophy. America is evil. Whatever we have in this country was acquired by exploitation and, and stealing from somebody else. Capitalism is bad. The whole world, ca world 
capitalism shouldn't be used because it's a Marxist lure. This country is based upon a free enterprise. It's not a free market. It's, it's a free market and free enterprise. It's not capitalism. Because I don't know why would capitalism or capital be bad. But again, uh, that, that work of Karl Marx does capital, it, it's not just about money. It's actually lunacy about exploitation. So I'm not surprised. But uh, it's obviously, if you cannot, first of all, how are you going to solve uh, the seeds of wheat or plant anything you want, vegetables, how, how are you going to, to pick up harvest from almonds or oranges? Now it's all mechanized, apples. If you're not going to have any fuel available, I understand that, that uh, bicycle type of pedals may help, but I don't think you can move a 15-ton combine, com combiner you know, uh, on the field. It's all lunacy. Uh, if we are willing to actually die from starvation, but they probably think we're going to get it, and we don't. If, as, as long as they would give up everything that we have, I think all of us should get along with that. If we're going to give up all money, Steyer, Bill Gates, all these people who love environment better than themselves, as soon as they give up all their money and start walking, Al Gore, start walking around, not flying on the planes, and maybe we'll buy it if we'll show an example on their own, but we're not showing anything. It's for us. It's, it's we're trying to create a class society in this country, which actually we don't have any classes. We have income brackets. And, and again, that Marxist lurk, middle class, it's just disgusting. There's no middle class in this country. It's a middle income people, mm -hmm. which is funny too, because today you're middle and tomorrow you can strike good if you have a good business and provide good service. People hire you make more money. The plan, the plan is very simple. The plan is not to target China, Russia, or India, or, or, or Iran, or anybody else. The plan is to destroy this country. And they cannot say it yet, but we will soon, mm -hmm. I hope. I, I think because it, each one time we open the mouth, we cannot stop. Right. So, but idea is to destroy this country and uh, have it uh, gone and have enemies, because Russia is an enemy, China is an enemy. Russia, uh, I, I told you the story about how within five years the U.S. is going to be the largest net exporter of oil, and there's a lot of reports that have come out and said that Russia is actually putting a lot of money behind a lot of these green environmental groups to stifle American reliance on oil and gas and other traditional stories. Uh, I'm, Would that not surprise you? I'm not surprised because growing up and reading uh, Soviet Union propaganda papers, Pravda, which means truth, and Izvestia, which means news, and either of them had either of that. Uh, they used to actually publish articles and have interviews with Gus Hall and Angela Davis and they and Black Panthers and actually Soviet Union Communist Party or not, all of it was the same. We're financing Black Panthers. I remember it, reading it myself. We were giving money to Gus Hall. We were organizing demonstration to in support of Angela Davis. So we just got more sophisticated. Of course we want to create chaos in this country. It's not enough to have all these crazy lunatics and spies here. 
So we are, we are doing extra, we are creating extra effort to, to push our country into a spin. I mean, I'm not surprised because we have a big stake in it because if America is not producing oil and we're in cahoots with some Arab countries, we're going to sell oil, even though Russian oil is not as good as American oil, by the way. It's a very, or maybe that whole system of cracking it into different components is not good. I actually had something to do with the largest refinery construction in the world in Lithuania, believe it or not. Lithuania has no oil, has no gas, but Soviet Union government built the largest in the world refinery in the city of Majeki, Lithuania. You can check it out. Poland bought it now. So I used to work for a company, and we used to design technologies, how to build different type of, um, actually, facilities, pumping stations, that and this, and I used to design technology, technological cars and go actually to that city to help builders to build it. So, and actually people who were building it, it were people who were imprisoned before and let on parole. So we couldn't, we wouldn't let them go home, we would use them and pay them nothing. So that's your socialism. That's who was exploiting people, paying them nothing and keeping them on a leash like dogs. And we, I have seen, I remember signs all over the city, don't pick up any, any, any people who want to get a, get a ride from you or something because you don't know who you're picking it up. So it's all beautiful. But especially with the environment, we had talked a little bit about it, how a free market system is a lot better for the environment compared to, let's say, a socialist system. Would you, would you still believe that argument is true? There is, nothing, there is nothing to doubt about, because I remember going to that place and you pass by that refinery or any, any chemical uh, factory producing some chemicals, you cannot pass by. It's, it's ugly, it's stinky, it's uh, fumes, nobody had any, any, any cleaning system or filtration. I remember we were, my gr group, which I worked with, uh, we were designing that a lot of water actually used in the cracking system of, uh, and, and, you know, breaking that petroleum apart in different components, so that water is actually dirty, so we had a cleaning system, actually, uh, design, and we, we were designing that whole structure and technology, how to build it, and uh, they would say on the plants that you can, after it, was, it would go through filtration, and you, you would be able to drink it. No way. You couldn't drink anything. It's a game. It's, that, that because the reason there is nothing happening in socialism, there is no protection of any environment or anything else, because if you, if you read the whole dogma, everything in that socialist country belongs to everybody. When it belongs to everybody, it belongs to nobody. Because you don't have any responsibility, it's not yours, and you hope that or wish somebody else will take care of it. Plus, there is no incentive to do anything because there is nothing is going to happen anyways. Because if you have more than somebody else, they may, may, may kick you and put you away. So there is, no, there is nothing to compare with. We are not interested in, in, in saving anything or protecting anything. They're only interested in preservation versus conservation. And they especially dislike it when you have, let's say, a Department of Interior like we do currently that actually wants to focus on updating conservation statuses of species like a gray wolf. And a lot of people were howling mad, no pun intended, that they announced their plans to delist the gray wolf in the lower 48 because it's at healthy numbers, 
and they don't like biology, biological findings of wildlife, and they, they want to keep the wolf status in place without reflecting the true conservation status for political reasons. So what do you think about something like that? Well, it's unfortunate because even the wolf got a bad name. And actually, back in old country, we, we used to call wolves the senators of a, of a forest because they, they, they play the role because they, they actually go after the sick or, or weak uh, animals they eat and, and um, you know, they pick up the dead stuff and it's like vultures. So we have a big role and if you have too many of them, they're going to kill more when we have to. And and that uh, wildlife like deer and and elk is going to go because you know you have to control it a little bit. You know, in in that Yellowstone now we have plenty of wolves. We actually didn't have any, and I, I remember watching that documentary about how we brought wolves from Canada. So there's a new story now that yeah. in Canada in one of the national parks to help control the moose population. They introduced four wolves to help do that, but uh, the hunters could go there. But you can't hunt in a national park in Canada. Absolutely, God, God, God forbid. to take care of them, but not hunters. Why can't you have both to do that? Yeah, I think we, we should have both because you know wolves are only all all the, well. You know you cannot just go and kill anything what you no. see. You get a license, you get a tag, you get a, and actually you have to call the authorities to show what you killed because of these diseases which are running around now in deer and our, you know, deer type family population. So it's not like you go out there, grab it, and run away. It's it's, no, it's all it's all organized and monitored, which is good. Because if you allow people to do what they want, we don't have any, any wild animal left because people are going to take more than we need and throw it away. Right, and I think the Trump administration is really doing a good job of advancing a true conservation agenda just because they, they have people in place who are serious about not pigeonholing and, and discriminating against hunters. They recognize their role in promoting the environment, habitat, wildlife restoration efforts, and I haven't seen that in my young life Although I, I, I've been involved in politics long enough, but I don't remember even Republican administrations that had an interest in really trying to update the science, make managed hunts a priority, and not uh, see hunters have... Uh, they don't want to see hunters' hunting numbers diminish more. I think they're more serious. Because you know that population for hunters are declining. Well, yeah, and here goes that lie about NRA controlling the GRP. Yeah. If they would be controlling GRP, population of hunters wouldn't decline. I'm kidding, but they would be, GRP would be firm on that, on that agenda, but they're not. I know, it, it depends upon people who are in charge. When you have people in Department of Interior, majority of them never hunted or n never, never fished. Well, and they hate the environment. I don't know why would somebody hire people like that to work in that Department of Interior. We should hire people who are enthusiasts, people who love environment and know what to do. That's what I think, you know. But if you, if you, you had an encounter with somebody who is a medium-type kind of a manager, and he said that most people who are in this building are not even close to hunting or fishing. Yeah. So this is not funny. No. This is, this is actually very sad. 
working would actually know what they're working to advance. And why? Yeah. Because imagine that you, you start a farm, and, but you're not a farmer. You're mm-hmm. a blacksmith. I mean, only. You don't want to farm anything. How it's going to feel and what are you going to do? That is very true. But I think people misunderstand that there are some good policies in this. And government does not have to be big. I think when it comes to advancing environmental issues and also conservation issues, I think the Interior Department is trying to a lot more power to the states because I, I sometimes trust state wildlife management agencies a little bit more, but they still have to report back to the Department of Interior, let's say, for overall policies, management efforts, Pittman Robertson excess taxes funds. But seeing the states take somewhat of a better control of the affairs that best affect them is not a problem. Absolutely not. So absolutely, you know, we like people who the money we collect for licenses goes to conservation, and you know, and and it's got to a good cause. It's mm-hmm. it's not like somebody takes this money and runs away. No, this money is used to promote, and they're doing an excellent job. Actually, we have that. We have that app for our fishing licenses, and we have ex- excellent, actually, stuff. We send out emails about events and, and some hunting events and fishing events and that and this. And the field. Excellent stuff. I mean, we're, we're, we're really good at that. It, I don't think it's only in this state, probably in some other states, too. Many states still have to update their technology, but they're coming along. But Virginia's is one of the better managed state wildlife agencies. And um, that's, that's why they make it a little bit easier to go hunting and fishing here. Well, something has to be good in this state. Yeah. Many things are still good here. We still have our concealing gun permits for now. We can still buy guns without any crazy... Well, you, you never know. You never know they because it's, a, it's all could change. It's all could change very quickly. There was a scare earlier in, in January and February when they were deliberating 36, up to 36 gun control bills. And people finally got a wake-up call after the top three lawmakers in the state were embroiled in scandals to realize they're very serious about enacting an extreme gun control agenda, among many things. And people in the state do care. You get out of the county we live in, out of Fairfax, you get out of Arlington, you get out of Alexandria, and people are pretty inclined to go fishing and hunting and they don't want to see that taken away. Would you say so in your experience having traveled a little bit all across the Yeah, we meet people who are great. I mean, that's a lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. not just you go hunting once in a lifetime. Right. You go hunting often, that uh, you know, season permitting. So that's what happens. And it, hunting and fishing in, in this country has been a, a historically... I mean, that's how people who came here started getting food, actually. Yeah, because they didn't have anything. Wow. No, no hunter-gatherers. But let's say people, the trappers are used to, you know, trap animals. They used to sell uh, fur. And they used to actually harvest animals for food and that and this. And, and when they kind of became more stable financially, they started farming to have a permanent source of food. So this is, this is American tradition. It's like... Red blood in somebody's veins, you know, veins. So uh, it's going to be very hard to get rid of it. But, but look at all the various different states that flipped from, uh, the state legislatures that flipped from red to blue, especially New Mexico. You see it in, it's, all, it's, all dep- it's all depends who is in charge and what kind of population the states live. People who, people who live their lives like rabbits, they just eat and... 
and have that kind of a simple life, they don't care. We're good people, but we're not involved. We, we, most people I meet uh, around this, uh, you know, metropolitan Washington area, and I work all around it, most of them don't care. The first thing what you hear from somebody when you... I, I kind of try to provoke and make jokes about politics. Well, I'm not political, and I ask them, well... Uh, do you think uh, you like that and that? If I will do that and that, or confiscate your land, or not allow you to do anything else? No, I don't want that at well. Or I give an example. Well, if some other states representative, uh, let's say a senator, they vote against something good for this country, that well, we don't care. That well, yeah, you don't care. But if there are more of them than us who are voting for good stuff, they're going to vote it out. So you're going to lose your freedom. So people start thinking. But majority of people are political because there is lack of education, lack of interest. Plus, people don't know history. If you, don't, if you become ignorant, you lose your rights. Especially related to guns and hunting. Yeah, because that's a main, main actually deterrent in this country of becoming socialist paradise. It's guns. Because we have, what, about 280 million, 300? Close to 300. 300 million guns altogether, different types. It's a, it's a heck of an amount of guns. I know some of the people who come from California paradise want to confiscate it. Mr. Sowell, God bless his soul. Um, he that crazy state. Yeah, we, 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 it was a second exodus for me, from one socialist <laughs> state to another one, and from another one to Virginia. <laughs> it's, it's not funny. Let's end this episode on a more positive Absolutely. So what's in our itinerary for the coming weeks you would like to share with the audience? What are we well, gonna we're going to go to see that uh, Elkhart in southern Virginia. Uh, that's going to be end of this month, I guess. Mm-hmm. And after that, we are planning to hop into Pennsylvania and go st- uh, still had trout uh, fishing, probably. Yeah, yeah, which is actually, yeah, so it's a private property, and it seems like it's going to be a good trip, so we're going to go and do that, and later on in in the, in the, in the, in the year, in November, we have a planned trip to Bahamas, thanks God, so we're going to have a hell of a fishing trip, I hope. No, no puking, like last year. <laughs> well, it wasn't our fault when you have waves like 15, 14, 16 feet, and you cannot do anything, it was horrible. And but, then- Well, I, I need to designate certain time, a couple of days, because it takes time reading and thinking, and, and I need to get it done, because that, uh, nature calls, the wild, wild call. We need to get, get going uh, hunting, it's beautiful. i actually been hunting, I think I mentioned the first time I was on the podcast, in 1980. It was exciting, but I didn't use... I didn't, yeah, I just helped to help to dress and, and make sausage out of that uh, moose meat and, you know. So it was cool, but it was a good experience. And we also are going to be participating in Aaron's second Raising Outdoors camp in Virginia Beach. Well, it's going to be later on in the year, I guess, mm-hmm. what is it, October? Before our Bahamas vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course we will. It was fun. It was excellent. Kids liked it. They like Do you think we're going to repeat with getting all those kids fish on the board? I hope so. If we're going to the same kids, we're going to make them. We're going to, I'm going to make them go and fishing with us, whether we want it or not. I'm kidding. No, they were excited. Well, most of them didn't know anything, and I guess a lot of them liked it. So 
if it's going to be a recurring event, they're going to, they should be excited. You know, that's what usually happens when you're five, six, seven, ten years old. It was a good, I think it was a positive event, good experience. They liked the fish, they liked that whole setup, and we helped them to, to do it themselves. We showed them how to, how to put the bait, live bait on, and how to use, uh, you know, different kind of uh, artificial bait. So they liked it. I got an impression they liked it, so hopefully we're going to have a blast. I was told from Aaron we were very popular at that camp, and I actually, I haven't announced it yet, but I've, I've joined her board to help her out, because I really want to, and I think she does such a good thing, and it's, it's not going to take away much from my business, and I want to donate you know, a little time I can. Back. I guess my popularity is because of my accent. They couldn't <laughs> understand me right away, so we're listening better, because, you know, if you... Plus, I'm an older guy, so kind of authority, so we were listening carefully. I'm kidding. Well, we, we, yeah, we, we had a blast, and I was joking and t- telling them different stories and friendly. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to scare the kids because, especially if we have no experience of fishing, and girls and boys, everybody liked it. It was it was a blast, and actually, the dads and some moms were fishing too. So. It was a family affair, as I say. It's very true. It's, it's a lot of fun, and we still fish, even though I'm getting older, as are you. But uh, your firstborn is getting older. I'm turning 28 this Saturday. Oh, my God, what are we going to do now? Celebrate with some trout fishing. Yes, uh, absolutely. You need to go check out that place. I know we, 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 we'll, make, we'll make an effort to do it. It's not a big deal. We are all... Right now, it's really good because it's very vibrant we are all self-employed in our household, so we can go and do anything we want, business permitting. Absolutely. Any parting words? Where can, pe- can people hire you to do remodeling if they're local? Do you want people to... If anybody is interested to get a professional opinion on, on what we want to do, you know, remodel or sell or, or remodel before sales, they can reach me at... Um, at my, we can go to my website, uh, info at balticconstruction.net, and fill out that request. Or, or, uh, yeah, email me, call me. There is a phone number there. We can check it out and see what I do. And, you know, it is no pressure. Anybody. Uh, with uh, 30 miles radius, as I said before, I am willing to come and help and give an opinion. There is no charge for it. notes that they can find you at balticconstruction.net or they can follow you on Facebook. We have a page. We don't populate it, but I'm going to do my best to populate it. Well, we can, we can send me an email yes, at info at balticconstruction.net. Yeah. Dad, I thank you again for joining. You're welcome. Maybe there will be a part three or we could do something when we go to the kids' camp or document one of our, our steelhead fishing or some unique fishing experience we do. I think we could do another one. I am always available. Awesome. You know that. Yes, thank you, Dad. I appreciate thank you. you coming on and sharing your wisdom. I hope you guys enjoyed the second installment with my dad, Boris Hoffman, a true outdoorsman, n- no, take no prisoners guy, true grit attitude, off the cuff, raw, fresh. That's who I essentially grew up with. If you know me personally, you know where I get a lot of my things from and I get his passion and let that translate into a lot of my work. I'm a little more polished than he is. It's how it's supposed to be. But my dad knows so much and has warned everyone 
about certain things to come when it comes to gun control, when it comes to taking away hunting access and putting into place terrible laws like the Green New Deal that don't do anything for the environment, but rather enrich the pockets of people who pretend to care for the environment instead. If you liked what we discussed today, if you find this series to be interesting, unique, and you want to see this get more reach, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Download episodes, past, present, and future. Make sure you leave a review because every review helps and every download, again, will help us grow and and reach a higher rank on the Apple Podcasts charts. And if you don't have Apple Podcasts, you can download us on Google Play and other supporting platforms. Spotify is also where we have a presence. We're also found on anchor.fm. So you can find us everywhere imaginable where podcasts are played. So again, thank you. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to always figure out and learn when new guests are coming on, repeat guests are coming on, or whenever interesting topics or news stories will come into play. Thank you guys again. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to talking with you guys next week.